I'm Martine Powers. This is an impeachment update from Post Reports. I'm Jessica Contrera, in for Martine Powers. So it's Monday. We are about five hours into today's session of the impeachment trial. And today is the bulk of the arguments from Trump's legal team. We've heard from, I think, seven lawyers so far, and they're still going as we talk. So what is their argument? It is indeed a very large legal team, and it seems like every time you pick your head up, there's a new person speaking. We are going to have a series of lawyers address you. So it will not be one lawyer for hours and hours. We're going to hear next from my co-counsel, Judge Kenneth Starr. Uh, Presenting for the president is the former attorney general for the state of Florida, Pam Bondi. Pat Philbin, the deputy White House counsel. Deputy White House counsel, Mike Papura. I would like to yield my time, Mr. Chief Justice, to Jane Serene Raskin. I'm Aaron Blake, senior reporter for The Fix. I think what's interesting about what we saw today is that the Trump legal team addressed the specifics of the charges against him in a way that we simply have not seen in previous episodes of the impeachment drama. They say their case is overwhelming and uncontested. It is not. They say they have proven each of the articles against President Trump. They have not. When we had the impeachment inquiry in the House, efforts were geared towards process arguments, towards attacking witnesses. Here, the legal team seems to be actually dwelling upon the charges against him, trying to rebut them, and kind of dealing step by step in what's actually being accused in the impeachment inquiry. So one by one, they they came up, and one of the first to come up was Kenneth Starr, who I think a lot of Americans know from the Clinton impeachment trial. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Each of these lawyers seems to have their own kind of job here. Kenneth Starr got things started, and he was basically out there to put forward the idea that this impeachment is unlike the Clinton impeachment because there is no criminal accusation. The Clinton impeachment, even though severely and roundly criticized, charged crimes. These are crimes proven in the crucible of the House of Representatives debate beyond any reasonable observer's doubt. So to the Nixon impeachment, the articles charged crimes It's interesting because in the Clinton impeachment, uh, Kenneth Starr and the Republicans who seized upon his report were uh, criticized for impeaching the president over what were crimes, but what were crimes that related to personal conduct. In this case, Kenneth Starr is making the argument essentially that there is no actual criminal accusation in the impeachment articles, and thus this is, if not an illegitimate impeachment, one based upon something less than previous impeachments have. Because the claims here are obstruction of Congress, which isn't a statutory crime, and abuse of power, which also isn't a statutory crime. Were crimes alleged in the articles in the common law of presidential impeachment? In Nixon, yes. In Clinton, yes. Here, no. So Ken Starr, who is essentially the face of our most recent impeachment, is getting up in front of America and saying, whoa, 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 impeachment, not a good idea. There were certainly moments 
during which opponents of the president could see some irony in what Ken Starr was up there talking about. Those of us who lived through the Clinton impeachment, including members of this body, full well understand that a presidential impeachment is tantamount to domestic war, albeit thankfully protected by our beloved First Amendment, a war of words and a war of ideas. But it's filled with acrimony and it divides the country like nothing else. He talked about, for instance, whether impeachment would suddenly become a habit, uh, whether this would lead to more frequent and more politicized impeachments in the future. Even with the dawn of the new century, the 21st century, impeachment remained on the lips of countless Americans and echoed frequently in the people's house. The impeachment habit proved to be hard to kick. Of course, this is something that he was criticized for back in the Clinton impeachment. He was derided as kind of a a partisan who was given too much power to investigate the president and had really gone off the rails. And by the way, one person who made that argument back then was uh, Donald Trump. I think Ken Starr is a lunatic. I really think that Ken Starr is a disaster. Uh, who said that Ken Starr was a disaster and, and a crazy person and a lunatic. Those are actual quotes by the president. I hated the way the president handled it. It was a long and terrible process. I, I really think that Ken Starr was terrible. So Starr goes up and he makes this argument and then he's followed by lawyer after lawyer. What else? I mean, they talked for so long. What else did we learn? One of the more interesting parts was when Jane Raskin, Trump's lawyer, went in depth on what Rudy Giuliani did and didn't do here, how big of a player he was. Mayor Giuliani was President Trump's personal attorney, but he was not on a political errand. As he has stated repeatedly and publicly... He was doing what good defense attorneys do. We saw arguments that the president had had his due process violated. The House Democrats denied the president basic due process required by the Constitution and by fundamental principles of fairness in the procedures that they used for the hearings. We saw the Trump legal team re-upping the case that there was actually no quid pro quo here, uh, despite testimony that we've seen from several other witnesses. How could the House managers claim that there was a quid pro quo for a meeting with President Trump when the two presidents actually did meet without President Zelensky announcing any investigations? And then lastly was uh, former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi bringing up Hunter Biden and Burisma and essentially making the argument that the president's interest in this investigation was legitimate because there have been reports in the past about something perhaps being amiss with Hunter Biden being employed by this Ukrainian gas company. That was the case that many Republican senators have been telling the Trump legal team to focus on. They want to keep this focused on the Bidens, on Hunter Biden, on Burisma as much as possible. And we finally got a taste for that later in the afternoon when Pam Bondi started talking. The House managers talked about the Bidens of Burisma 400 times, but they never gave you the full picture. But here are those who did. The United Kingdom Serious Fraud Unit, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent, ABC, Good Morning America, they all thought there was cause to raise the issue about the Bidens and Burisma. All of them have been hewing to this Trump argument that 
there is nothing to see here. There have been Republican senators who have said, well, this call with the Ukrainian president was kind of inappropriate. I'm not comfortable with it, uh, but it's not impeachable. The Trump legal team's defense here is basically that the president didn't do anything wrong. But while each lawyer has been talking outside of the Senate chambers, there's this entire other conversation in this name that keeps coming up again and again today, and that's John Bolton. Why are we talking about John Bolton again? Well, John Bolton is the one we've kind of been waiting to hear from for a long time, Democrats especially. John Bolton is, of course, the president's former national security advisor. He is coming out with a book. He has shared that manuscript with the White House for the, to do a legal review, basically, for privilege issues. That manuscript, uh, details of it rather, leaked on Sunday night to the New York Times, which was the first to report them. The most significant part of it, at least, was that the president expressed to him in personal conversation that the withholding of military aid to Ukraine was, in fact, tied to the investigations that the president wanted. He's indicated that he is willing to testify in a Senate trial, and Democrats would very much like to put him on the stand. But Democrats, of course, don't have the votes to do that. They need four Republican senators to vote with them to make that happen. So the Democrats obviously want John Bolton to come in and make his case, maybe bring in other witnesses. But what do Republicans think of that plan? Well, Republicans seem to be suddenly warming to the idea of a witness swap, of a one-for-one, you know, having a Biden come in along with Bolton, maybe having Adam Schiff come in and testify, which is something that uh, Senator John Cornyn, the Republican from Texas, has floated. I I can't begin to tell you how uh, John Bolton's testimony would ultimately uh, play on a final decision, but it's relevant. And therefore, I'd like to hear it. Republicans like Mitt Romney are starting to talk about this more as if it's going to be a reality. I think it's uh, increasingly likely uh, that other Republicans will uh, will join those of us who think we should hear from John Bolton. And whether uh, there are other witnesses and documents, well, that's another matter. But I think uh, John Bolton's relevance to our decision has become has become increasingly clear. Do you think there are many things that are going to play out. The timeline looks like this vote is going to be coming on Friday. But I think what we're seeing from Republicans right now is if Democrats are going to force the issue and have John Bolton testify, we are also going to have our witnesses come in. So kind of be careful what you wish for if you're going to start going the route, the route of witnesses. Remember, Republicans have the votes to subpoena pretty much anybody they want to. They don't need a witness deal. But I think they're emphasizing that if John Bolton is going to testify, they're going to have somebody there who maybe the Democrats won't like so much. And so maybe the idea is that they're telling Democrats to tread a little bit lightly. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.